And here we are, James chapter number one. Let's pick up where we left off last week. Verse number five says, if any of you lack wisdom, turn to your neighbor and say, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If your neighbor didn't say, I do, turn to that neighbor and say, you do. <laughs> okay. You didn't say I do, then you don't like, you don't have enough wisdom to know you don't have it. We all lack it. Nobody born wise. Okay, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally. And abrade not, and it shall be given him. Now it's verse number six. Here's where we're picking up this week. But let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the church say amen. Father, add thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Do a great work. Help us, Lord. Just about everybody's going through some kind of a storm. Help us to commit to praise you. To know that you know what you're doing. The storm may have surprised us, but it didn't catch you by surprise. Do what you do. Now, for somebody who doesn't know Jesus as Savior, might that one come to a saving knowledge of the truth. Bind the devil, keep him from interfering today. And bless the service in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Say it with me, count it all joy. Say it now, count it all joy. Say it again, count it all joy. Easy to do when you get a raise. Huh? Easy to do when it's on a special day and everybody brings you presents. Easy to do when you're sitting on top of the world and everybody's singing your praises. Easy to do when you're in church and you're not thinking about anything else. Easy to count it all joy when you're going through everything that you enjoy. But the context in James chapter 1 is not count it all joy. It doesn't end there. Count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptation. You know what James was saying? James was saying, learn how to praise him in the storm. He was writing to people. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13, you've heard me say that one of my life verses. There hath no temptation, trial, tribulation, difficulty. There have no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. We got to quit acting like what we're facing nobody else has ever gone through. What we're enduring, and we're the first person on planet earth that's ever had it this hard. Let me tell you something. Ever since sin entered into the world, mankind knows what it is to have it hard. James does not say you have joy because you have it easy. No, you have joy because even when you have it hard, you have a God that is with you. So he says, count it all joys. He writes to these Jews who are going through difficulty, and yet their difficulty was coupled with immaturity. So thereby, they were not able to have joy in trials because they did not have the groundedness and the maturity that they needed to have that joy. You can be a Christian that is long tenured. You can be a Christian that has multiple positions in the church. 
You can be a Christian who has studied and learned a great deal of the Bible over the years. You can be a Christian who has taught other people how to live out the Bible. But if you are a Christian who is immature, trials will expose that immaturity. And let me say this while I'm thinking about it. This was not in my notes. But immaturity should never be misconstrued automatically as spirituality. Okay? And just because you've been saved a long time doesn't mean you're spiritual. Now, I'm going to say this. Some of the most spiritual people that I know are new Christians. You say, how in the world can they be spiritual? They don't even know where Habakkuk is. I'll tell you why they're spiritual. What they do know about God, they're obeying. They're following the spirit. They're clinging on every word of the preaching. They're praying like it's actually talking to God. They're giving like their money actually belongs to almighty God. They're worshiping God like he actually saved them. They, they, they come to church like God actually delivered them from a place called hell. Spirituality doesn't mean I've been saved a long time. Spirituality means I am living a life yielded to the Holy Spirit of God. And unfortunately, sometimes after Christians cross that three-year, four-year five-year mark, they start thinking, I don't need to yield to the Spirit because I done figured out how to do it myself. Let me tell you something. You will never figure out how to be a Christian, a victorious Christian. You may figure out how to make people think you are, but you will never figure out victory because the only way to get victory is to get it through the one who already won it. So James says you need maturity. You're assured of some facts, knowing this. You're trying of your faith work at patience. Patience is being worked through you. You are a tested people who can be taught patience if you let patience teach you. You must be complete in your condition. You must be content in your composure and you must be compliant in your character. Patience will only teach students who are willing to learn. Just because you're in the classroom doesn't mean you're learning. Come on now. Just because you, listen, just listen, when you go to school, you get, a mark, you get a mark on the page for perfect attendance, but perfect attendance doesn't mean you aced the class. It just means you went to class. We need Christian, we got Christian people who've been going to class for years, but they haven't been learning anything in class. It's about time I go to class, I learn in class, I listen to the teacher, I take notes in class. And by the way, you don't take notes just because the test is today. You take notes today so you'll be ready for the test when it comes next week. So if you ever come to church and you say, oh, that message was good, it didn't apply to me, you better listen to it because a month later, it just might. It just might. So we're assured of some facts. Last week we talked about we are assisted in the fight. There is an available gift. It is wisdom. I spoke about wisdom last week. And I was thinking this week I spoke about wisdom being an available gift. And we never really took time to define what wisdom is. Sometimes we use words biblically in the context of scripture and we use them assuming that everybody knows what they mean. Wisdom should not be mistaken or confused for intelligence. Wisdom is not the same as cleverness, all right? Wisdom is not the same as education. Wisdom is not the same as being smart. Some of the wisest people I know are the most uneducated people. You don't get wisdom from college, you get wisdom from God. Wisdom is not just information. Wisdom is not just data. Wisdom is not wherewithal about things. Wisdom is not just having insight about how things work. Wisdom is different than knowledge. And by the way, knowledge is important. I believe every Christian ought to read the Bible. Every Christian ought to study the Bible. 
when I talk about study the Bible, I'm talking about find out who wrote it, find out where it was written from, find out to whom it was written, find out what was going on, find out other passages that are congruent and compared with that passage of Scripture. Christians need to understand the Word of God and need to know how to use the Word of God. I was preaching in Wilson, North Carolina a couple of days ago, and I was, I was walking into the church, and I looked around the church, and as I was walking around, there were men in the church who were very clearly carrying a gun on their waist. I mean, it was not concealed. It was not hidden. It was out and open. And the guy was walking down the aisle like this. And I said, you know what? I feel real safe if you're here, if I'm your friend. All right. And so, and, 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 and uh, I was saying to him about that weapon and he, he's been using it for a long time. I said, it's good to have a weapon, but it's bad to have a weapon that you don't know how to use. And some people trying to shoot something they never fired before. Or maybe they fired it, but they haven't fired it in a while, so they don't know how to fire it anymore. Hey, listen, when I tell you to bring your Bible to church, I want you to bring a Bible that you used when you weren't at church. Okay? So wisdom is not just knowledge. You, you need to know the Bible, but wisdom is more than knowledge. Wisdom is the ability to take knowledge and apply it to make right decisions. Albert Einstein was one of the smartest people in all of the world, but he couldn't tie his own shoes. And sometimes we have Christian people who can quote great passages of Scripture, but taking those passages of Scripture out of these doors and applying them to lead the Christian life. If you grow up in a Christian home, if you grow up in the youth group, if you go to youth conferences that teach you about purity and living for God, if you grow up in a place that teaches you that you ought to think on things that are true, just, lovely, pure, and of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. We don't celebrate just because you learned Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8. We're glad you know that the Bible says you ought to think on it. But if you can't take Philippians 4 8, get out of this church and drive down the road and not turn on that rap music that's full of everything that told you not to think on it, you don't have wisdom. And so, 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 so when, when, when James says if any of you lack wisdom, he's not saying if any of you lack the ability to memorize scripture. He's saying if you don't have the ability to take the scripture that you know and use it to apply it. Some churches are like colleges. You go in there and you feel like you're in a college class and the, and the pastor is exegeting every word and giving you the Greek word for every single word and you sit there and you take notes. And I've learned people that want that kind of a church. I need to go to a church where I can learn the deeper things of the word of God. You can get all deep you want to, but if your depth doesn't take you out of that service that you can live for God, you may have knowledge, but you lack wisdom. We need to see some Christians who can take the Bible they read and apply it in the life. Thank God that Noah built an ark and the flood came and his family was saved. But you need wisdom enough to leave here to say, I'm going to take the hammer and the nail and the bricks and I'm going to build an ark for my family so that they can be saved from the floods of sin and immorality. Thank God that the giant fell when David slung that stone. But you need to have enough wisdom to take the stones of God's word and sling them at your giants in your life so that you can live for God. Thank Thank God the lions didn't eat Daniel and the fire didn't burn Shadrach. Thank God that Joseph never lost his dream. Thank God that Gideon won with the small army. Thank God that David knew how to beat the lion and the bear. Thank God that Jeremiah got locked up but he found his hope in God. Thank God that David was discouraged, that he encouraged himself in the Lord. But ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot of Christians who learn a lot of Bible. They become spiritual fatheads. Corinthians says knowledge puffeth up. You don't need to get puffed up with knowledge. You need to get powered up with wisdom. Amen. 
So if you lack wisdom, ask of God. The available gift, the accessible God. He's the source and he's the supplier. The abundant granting. He giveth to all men liberally the actual gracefulness and upbraideth not. He does not chide you. He does not revile you. He does not scold you for needing wisdom and does not make you guilty, feel guilty for receiving it. It shall be given him the absolute guarantee. Aren't you glad James 1, 5 is in the Bible? If I don't have wisdom, that's me. I can ask of God. He's got it. He'll give it to me. Praise his name. He'll give me a lot of it. Amen. And he won't upbraid me. Hallelujah. And he sums it up at the end of the verse. It shall be given him. How many of you thankful for James chapter 1 verse 5? Now I won't tell you, but James 1, 6 is in there too. But let him ask in faith. So the available gift, the accessible God, the abundant granting, the actual gracefulness. I want you to notice the admonishing guidance that he gives. But let him ask in faith. Because right about now, somebody's going to quote James 5 and say amen to it. And then on the tail of that amen say, but I asked God and I don't have it. Pastor, you, you told me that God said, you told me to bring my Bible to check you out. And you just said something and I checked you out. And what you're saying is actually in the Bible. I lack wisdom. I do. I asked God. I did. He says he gives liberally. Okay, I'm waiting. He said it ain't going to make me feel guilty. I'm glad to hear that. He said it shall be given me. Praise his holy name. But I'm going to tell you something, Pastor. I keep making dumb decisions. I don't have wisdom. Well, you must have read five and didn't read six. Let him ask in faith. So here's the admonishing guidance. Required faith. Now then faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Read Hebrews chapter 11. By it the elders obtain a good report. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by things that do appear. And, and, and that God spoke the world into existence. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. For we walk by and not by Amen. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 2. For unto us was the word preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Us heard it, them heard it. Us got help, them didn't. How can us get help and them not get help when us and them heard the same word? Us heard it, mixed it with faith. Them heard it and didn't do nothing with it. You can sit in the same church service. One of you leave out of here and kick the devil upside his head. And one of you leave out of here and get kicked upside the head by the devil. What's the difference? Somebody heard it and mixed it with faith. Somebody heard it and did nothing. You can go to a good church, but just because you go to a good church doesn't make you a good Christian. You got to take what you get from a good church and mix it with faith. What is mix it with faith? I've got to agree with it. James chapter 2, we're not going to preach through James chapter 2, but faith without works is dead. I'm convinced the only part of the Bible you believe is the part you behave. So I prove that I agree with it when I act on it. Huh? We've all heard that story daddy used to tell about the man that stretched out the tightrope across Niagara Falls. Say, how many of you believe I can, you know, I can walk across Niagara Falls and turn around and come back? And, and they said, oh, yeah, we believe. And he walked across Niagara Falls and turned around and came back. And they said, how many of you believe I push a wheelbarrow across here on this rope and turn around and come? Oh, we believe he pushed that wheelbarrow across and come. come. How about I put a bunch of stones in here, heavy stones in there, push it across this tightrope and turn around. Oh, yeah, we believe it. We believe. How many of you believe I can put a, a man in here, take this man and push him across in this wheelbarrow and turn around? Oh, yeah, we believe it. One of y'all get in. No, no, I ain't trying to get in. Let me tell you something. 
You can say you believe in Jesus until you're willing to get in the wheelbarrow with him. Now, I'm going to tell you why some people don't have wisdom. They're asking for it and don't believe it. Lord, I believe, but help out my unbelief. Required faith. Look at the next statement. Nothing wavering. It's what I call rebuked fickleness. Here's the definition of fickle. Changing frequently, especially as regards to one's loyalties, interests, or affections. Fickle. That means you gung-ho Jesus today, but ain't no telling what you'll be this afternoon. Changing, changing in your loyalty. You don't know who you're for. No man can serve two masters. He will love one and hate the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon, materialism, for the love of money is the root of all evil. There's nothing wrong with having money. There's something wrong with money has you. See, 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 she says, nothing wavering. Let him ask in faith. Listen to the context of James chapter 1. He's asking for what? There's a lot of things we ask for. But in James chapter 1, the context is wisdom. Wisdom. What's the context for the need of wisdom? In the midst of my trials, we need wisdom. I need wisdom when I'm on the mountaintop. But I especially need wisdom when I'm down in the valley. It's amazing. The songs we've heard this, praising him in the storm. I don't want to goof up when I'm in the middle of a trial. I don't want to be tripped up. I don't want to fall when I'm being chased by somebody that's trying to kill me. I don't want to fall down the steps when the man's got a knife, all right? And I don't want to stumble when I'm going, when I'm broke, I better ask God for wisdom. When I'm sick, I better ask God for wisdom. When I'm going through a difficulty, I better ask God for wisdom. When I'm getting, somebody, somebody said to me today, Pastor, I left church last week and I told you I was getting ready to go into this deal and, and it didn't work out. Thank God for the message. God saved me from getting into a mess. Thank God for wisdom. Let me tell you, you out here talking about the devil keep beating me up and where I keep beating me up and nobody likes me and I feel like I'm getting attacked all the time. That may be true but the biggest blunders you better worry about are the ones you make up yourself. Nobody gets you into more trouble than you do. You need wisdom to keep you from yourself. Required faith. If you don't believe God will, don't worry. He won't. I was reading in my devotions this week that Jesus said to someone that wanted healing, be it according to your faith. Well, that's powerful. It's the, the most, the all-powerful son of God who could have thought that person healed said to the person, you'll get as much from me as you believe I can give you. So, so now all of a sudden we, we, we have to start running, stop running our mouths. Pray for me, I don't have no wish. Pray for me, I just, I, I'm just all over the Shh, don't tell that. Because, because if you tell people you don't have wisdom, then you're telling people you don't have the faith you need to get the wisdom you're asking for from God. Any of you lack wisdom. And let's quit saying, well, you know, you can't get with you. Can, you know, we make excuses. They won't give it to me because they don't like the black man. They won't give it to me because I'm a woman. They won't give it to me because I don't, I don't look nice. They don't give it to me because I got dreads in my head. No, no, God doesn't do anything like that. If you want wisdom, you get wisdom, but you don't get it if you won't ask in faith. Required faith. Let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. Re re rebuked fickleness. Uh, look down. What, look what rebuke fickleness involves. 
For he that wavereth is like a wave of sea driven with the wind and tossed. Here's what I call an unreliable expression. Here's what I'm saying. He that wavereth, a fickle person, and he gives us what that fickle person expresses. He expresses a wave driven with the wind. Have you ever seen the water when the wind is blowing just swinging back and forth? That's what a Christian is that's, that's fickle. Watch, watch this now. Here's, here's what a wave is. A wave moves as the wind moves. Ephesians chapter 4. That ye be not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Here's what happens to a Christian in 2022 who doesn't have faith. By the way, faith cometh by, biblical formulas, faith cometh by, hearing by, hearing what? Word of God. How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they call on him in whom they have not heard? How shall they believe in him? And how, how in the world are they going to find out about God unless somebody tells them? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen to me. You need a preacher. I'm not saying it because I'm a preacher. I need a preacher. You need a preacher. Paul said in, to, the, to the letter to the churches, despise not prophesying. Remember 1 Corinthians chapter 14? Let him not speak in tongues, let him prophesy. The word prophesy could mean to foretell the word of God, or it could, it could mean to foretell, which means to speak it, or to foretell, which means to speak in future. But sometimes the gift of prophecy in scripture is talking about expounding the word of God. So in essence, the, in 2022, the gift of prophecy, prophesying is the gift of preaching. You need a preacher. So when Paul said to the church at Thessalonica, despise not prophesying, the word despise there, and we'll talk a little bit about that in our, our message tonight, but the word despise there literally means to belittle or to devalue. Esau despised his birthright. He didn't hate it. He just valued it less than some food. See, I don't think people despise preaching. They just devalue it. They put a little bit lower than their conscience. I heard what the preacher said, but what I feel. No, no, no. Paul said, despise not prophesying. If preaching comes from the word of God, you better put it high on your list of priorities. Amen. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I need to hear the word of God. Let me tell you some why. Because the word of God produces faith in my life. And when I don't have faith, I'm like the wave tossed by the sea, driven with the wind. What, what is the danger of that in 2022 if I don't have faith? And remember, the only faith that the Bible recognizes is faith that comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if your so-called faith is not rooted in scripture, then God doesn't even call it faith. Ephesians chapter 4, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's not a bunch of faith. Well, everybody's got a religion. As long as you have your higher power, dog poop. You don't need your higher power. You need God. 
You're not going to beat the devil with yoga. You're going to beat the you, you're, going to, you're not going to beat the devil with with motivational speaking. You're going to beat the devil finding the champion inside of you. He's smarter than you. He's stronger than you. He's older than you. He's more experienced than you. He's got more power at his disposal. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You can't just have any kind of faith. You have a faith that has been once delivered unto the saints. When we talk about faith, we're talking about our alliance and our agreement with the word of God. But when the scripture talks about the faith, it is talking about the body of doctrine that God has presented to us. Now listen to me now. Your personal faith is rooted in God's revealed faith. And you can't have faith in God unless you accept the faith that's been given from God. This word of God is the faith been delivered, once delivered, delivered once. Why was it only delivered once? Because it was delivered once and that was good enough. Why did Jesus die once? Because when he died once, that was good enough. So faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. If I don't have faith, I'm tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. What does that mean, Pastor? If I don't have proper faith that's rooted in Scripture, I might be a Baptist today and a Catholic tomorrow and a Methodist next week and Presbyterian next week. And then, five, you know, next week later, I'm speaking in tongues. And then, then about a week later, you know, I'm, I'm Ibrahim and I'm a black Hebrew. Now, it doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean that I'm insincere. It just means that I don't have the faith that grounds me in truth. In the, book of the, in the book of Revelation, Satan is going to have an unholy trinity. He's going to lead it, mirroring. He's going to mirror God. He's going to have an antichrist who's going to mirror Jesus. And he's going to have a false prophet who's going to mirror the Holy Spirit. Everything God has, the devil's trying to manufacture and counterfeit. So he's going to get his unholy trinity. And this false prophet is going to be filled and, and, and saturated with demonic power. And yet he's going to do signs and wonders. I hate to bust your bubble, but the devil has power and he does signs and wonders. And you better have faith that'll get you sincere enough to know that just because a preacher is a preacher doesn't mean you need to be listening to him. To and fro. I wonder what Christian in the building today can't make progress for God because you can't get footing. How are you going to walk in the spirit if you're scared of what you're walking on? How are you going to run the Christian race if you're not even convinced the ground you're running on is solid? On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. So there's an unreliable expression. There's an unfavorable expectation. Look at verse number seven. For let not that man, everybody say that man. Come on now, isn't the Bible good? <laughs> and explicit. It's, 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 it's to eliminate confusion. He didn't say, let not man think he shall receive anything from the Lord. That would contradict scripture. Every good and every perfect gift from, coming from above. He's going to say that later in James. Psalm 68. The Lord daily loadeth us with benefits. I mean, is God good to you? Is God good to you? I mean, is, is he the giver of good things? I mean, God who spared not his only son, how shall he not freely give us all things? David said, my cup runneth over. And in Psalm 37, I see, he said, I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging. You know what David said? God keeps giving me good things. So it'd be foolish for James to say, don't think God's going to give you anything. That's not what he said. He said, let not that man. In other words, the guy I just finished talking about. The guy who needs wisdom, who lacks wisdom, who keeps making bad decisions, but comes to God asking for wisdom, wavering. He says, let not that man think 
that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Look up here, church, and I'm almost finished. If you cannot trust in the credibility of God as being capable of giving, giving you everything you need, if you cannot trust in that God with enough confidence that he's not only capable to do it, but that the conviction in you says he actually will, here's what James says about your unfavorable expectation. You stop thinking that you're going to receive anything of the Lord if you don't have faith. I wonder, I wonder, if we're not making longer prayer lists that are nothing but more words that never get to heaven. What's on your prayer list? What, what have you been praying for? Just get down there and hurt your knees again tomorrow. Just do it, just do it. Go on to that same spot and give them a long list of prayer requests. Lord, help me with this and Lord, help me with that. And Lord, help me with this and Lord, help me with that. And close, close your Bible, finish reading, get up and go through the day and quit telling and tell everybody that you run into. I'm praying. I'm just one day God going to answer my prayer. I don't know what's taking him so long. There's nothing wrong with your list. There's something wrong with your lean. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Church, we're going to have to learn how to talk to God like he can answer. I'll close with this. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I'm talking about fickleness. <clears throat> Unreliable expression, an unfavorable expectation, and an unstable exhibition. A double-minded man is unstable in all his way. See, if you're double-minded, listen to me. There's really nothing you're good at. Pastor, don't you, I'm not trying to talk down to you. If I'm double-minded, there's nothing I'm good at. Now, now, here's the thing. I might be good at it for a minute, but because I'm double-minded, on the heels of being good, I'm about to be bad. He's unstable in how many of his ways? All his ways. Oh, pastor, pastor, I don't really believe that. I mean, I mean, I may not be a good Christian all week long, but when I go up in church and I hear them songs, and I'm especially them songs that I really like, I'm telling you what, I'm a good worshiper. Be careful when you call yourself a good worshiper if you don't know what the definition of worship is. You may be a good noise maker. But a whole lot of people, listen, in just about 45 minutes, the stadium is going to be full of people making noise. Do you call that worship? Now, some worship is noise making, but not all noise making is worship. See, worship's not about how much noise you make. Worship is about the heart. It's about your reverence for God. It's about your awe of him. Here's, here's what happens with a double-minded man. He appears to be a great worshiper on this Sunday. But between Monday and Saturday, the wind start blowing. <sighs> Boss get on his nerve. Wife don't put dinner down in time. Kids don't want to listen. 95 does what it does. By next Sunday, same guy was up there. Praise him in the storm. What, what did we sing this morning? Uh, I didn't know your name. What was it? 
at your trust. What is the song? Oh, how I love, oh, how I love the name of Jesus. Oh, how I love the name so sweet. Singing, boy, just jamming and jamming and jamming. Let's check you out on Friday evening. Then you come in here next week, and I'm going around the same auditorium, and the choir singing a song, got same little beat to it, and everybody going like this, I don't like this, and you like this. <laughs> I don't even have to ask you. I, I, let me. Let me some, people, some people do. Some people want attention, right? Um, they, they practice their pose in the mirror before they come. I'm. I'm. Let me make sure I get it good. No mask, nothing. I want somebody to ask me how I'm doing. I don't have to ask y'all how you're doing. I can already tell. The wind was blowing this week. <laughs> well, pastor, how you expect me to come up here and be excited about loving the name of Jesus if the wind was blowing? Because the wind blowing don't have nothing to do with that name. See, so if your faith is not rooted properly, you don't understand what real worship is. So what you were doing last week looked like worship, but it really wasn't worship. It was jamming. And now you don't have no jam this week because the wind blew you off your jam. Wind can't blow you off of worship because worship is rooted in the one who never changes. So you're going to have to ask yourself, that's why when we listen to passages where the Bible says, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. If it's not rooted in faith, it's not right. And you know what else it's not? It's not reliable. We're living in such perilous times right now, believe it all my heart, that nothing outside of faith will sustain in this culture. So now we're going, not him, not her, not them, not that Christian, not that hero in the faith. Time gets real tough. If you're not rooted in faith, it's going to be exposed. In all his ways. You know, in all his ways. Well, I may not be a great Christian, but you can ask my wife. I'm a good husband. Let's just wait and see. I may not, I may not read I hear people say all the time, I don't read my Bible like I should, and I pass this a lot of stuff I don't, I don't do like I could. But God knows I got a good heart. Stop speaking for God. You cannot be trusted to be consistent at anything if you're double-minded. Your prayer life is subject to shift. Your giving is subject to shift. Your worship is on and off. Your love for people, your friendship. There are some people that can't, they cannot muster enough goodness in their spirit to be a decent friend, even when they try to be. Now, man, I got your back. Shut up. That doesn't make any sense. It sounds good. It sounds, you can't have nobody's back. You don't even know where your back is. Here's my back. No, here's my back. No, here's my back. No, here's my back. Here's my back. Double-minded. You cannot be stable in anything if you, the word doubt means to be of two minds. That's what it means. To be of two minds. There was no greater preacher on planet Earth at the time than John the Baptist. When he spoke, everybody trembled. 
and yet he was not rooted enough that his circumstances got so wary that he got locked up in prison and Mr. Dogmatic John the Baptist, the first voice that the people heard from God in 400 years was in prison saying, I don't even know if Jesus is the real thing. Now if John the Baptist can get shaky, Lord help us. A double-minded man. So let's, let's get single-minded. If God be God, then let him be God. And let everybody else be a liar. Amen. Well, that's, you took that back right there. Word. I ain't heard that in a lot of years. I'm feeling more and more comfortable about a minute. Word to the pastor. <laughs> We only get a little time with you. Brother Dre's, Brother Dre's going to give about 45 minutes with these kids on Sunday morning. Pastor Mike's going to give us 45 minutes with these singles. I'm going to get 45 minutes with these couples. We, we're going to get just a little time with these children. Brother Hart, with these men's classes. These, we, 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 we can only get you in church. We, and we, look, we start adding services and you're ready to report it to the government. All right? So, so uh <laughs> Just feel the pastor out for a little bit. I don't get much time with you. I'm trying to get you grounded. Don't have very long. So when you get here, we got to give you something that's going to last you longer than the amount of time allotted for us to keep you. Okay? Service started at 11. It's about 12.23. There's no way I can cram in enough information that matches how long you're going to be at the devil's disposal this week. But hopefully this stuff is so good that it stretches over time. Stretches over time. So what's the holdup? I mean, this thing is good. This thing, you don't need to improve upon it, okay? This is a well-seasoned steak. Put steak. Put your A1 sauce away. This is good stuff but it is powerless if it's not believed. So it's, I mean, it's not that we don't get the truth. It's a faith problem. I got to start praying and believing. I say I got to start praying and believing. And watch this now. The hardest time in life to believe is when you're going through trials. I don't even know. I'm talking about believing God. I don't even know who I am right now. Hey, listen, you got to trust him. Because when you start trust, stop trusting him. Here you go. Double-minded. You don't know whether you go. One, <laughs> I was on the basketball court in the uh, and, and I think I was in seventh or eighth grade. And uh, I, they were throwing it in. I think they're throwing it in under the, under the hoop down here. So this is, we got, let's assume this basketball court. Where, where the clock is is the other end of the floor. The basketball goal, where I am, is basketball goal. So my team is inbounding the ball on this end. And this is the goal that we're scoring at. 
Well, I'm standing up at the top of the key near the three-point line, not quite the half court, but I'm standing there, and I'm waving, and I'm waving for the ball, waving for the ball. Well, there was a lot of stuff going on. It's a pick going over here, and the play going, and the coach going over here, and, and the fans are yelling and everything like this. And, and, I, and I'm saying, ha, 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 throw me the ball, throw me the ball. And he threw me the ball, and I was so excited, man. I got the ball, and I turned around, and I started running that way. And, and, uh, and I heard people say, ha, and I thought, boy, they're screaming. They're cheering me on. I'm doing good. And the louder they cheered, the louder they cheered, the harder I ran. Boom, and I laid it up. And everybody was like, what did you do? I said, I just hit a layup. They said, for the wrong team. <laughs> Thank you, babe. I wonder, I wonder if there aren't some Christians right now. The game's getting so intense. There's a lot of people yelling, a lot of screaming. There's a lot of plays going on at one time. See, 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 the more people that get in the gym, the louder it gets, the more pressure you're under. That's why you got to go to practice. You don't go to practice because you can't play basketball. You go to practice so you learn them plays so good that when you can't hear yourself think because the stands are too loud, you've learned that play so good, you can do it when you can't hear yourself. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. See, when you miss church, you don't learn the plays. And when you get out there and it gets so loud and all the fans are screaming, you're scoring, but you're scoring for the wrong team. You've got to stay in the faith because the challenges are getting tougher and tougher. And only that which is of faith will last. Let the church say amen. Father, thank you for your precious word. Continue to draw us closer and closer to you as we see the day approaching. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. How many say, Pastor, I know that I know that I know that I'm saved. I have Bible reasons to prove it. If you know that, would you raise your hand? I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved. By the way, I'm saved by grace through faith, Ephesians chapter 2. Believing. Put your hand up. With the mouth, confession is made. With the heart, man believeth. I've known people who've made profession of faith four and five times. There's nothing wrong with God's saving power. The problem, the person keeps praying but not believing. Pastor, I just raised my hand to say I'm saved, but I'll be honest with you. I'm praying and asking God for wisdom, but sometimes my faith is coming up short. If that's you, would you put your hand up? Come on now. <laughs> I doubt sometimes. Let's be honest. Let's keep it real. God says the rules say you can't get it if you're wavering. And you think the only area of your life where you're hurting is a wisdom. No, no, no. When you're unstable, you, when you're, when you're double-minded, you're unstable in all your ways. Wow. Put your hands down. Last question. Pastor, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I do not want to go to hell. Please pray for me. If that's you, would you put your hand up? I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I do not want to go to hell. Please pray for me. Anybody at all. Then Christian, why don't you pray right where you are? We, we got too many Christians that are all over the place. They don't know whether they want to shout or sob. Praise or pout. Commit or cuss. How, how can you go from a, from a high to a low in, in that quick of a moment? You don't have faith, so therefore you are tossed by the wind. God never called us to be kites 
in the wind. He called us to be trees planted by the river of water. Get some stability. Faith is the key. God, would you take every decision and would you honor your word in us, proving yourself right again and again. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. All God's children said.